Hello, welcome to another Rahalastapa Book Club, Rahalastapa Cup. Uh, this week's guest is, I don't know who she is, I've, done, I've never heard of her. She's TV's Emma Kennedy and she's written a book called Letters from Brenda, which I am disappointed to say is very good. Um, <laughs> you're in hello, it, Emma. you're in it, you, I, you I, actually I, feature in it. I well, I asked you. I, do, I asked. I used to do this before I realised I was in it. So it is a bit. We will definitely talk about me being in it. Mainly that. That's that's the main take home for me. Uh, I, I hope. I is. hope you enjoyed the joke that I put in it about you that only people who know our relationship inside and out will will ever understand, and that everyone else reading it will just think I've just been rude about you. <laughs> well, you say Stuart is an amazing esoteric. <laughs> Genius, yes, and I like baked potatoes. Yes. yes, I did enjoy that, Emma. Yes, <laughs> um, so Emma, for those who may, I mean, I think people know who you are. Probably people listen to my podcast. You are a, a, a writer now, mainly, but also yeah. have been acting, doing comedy. Obviously, was uh, did some podcasts with me and some TV shows with me. You were Nostradamus, of course, uh, of course memorably. Um, but you've also written a lot. Of, how many books have you written before this one? Talk, let me just quickly talk about your previous book writing skills. I think I've. I think this is my fourteenth book. Um, what I know, which is sort of ridiculous, and um, and it started way back in the day. Back in, I well, I, I've sort of got you to thank for this. I know I, I have said this of many a time, but I, I have got, if there is one person I need to thank for the entirety of my career, <laughs> it's pretty much you. It always boils down back to you. And I, and, and I remember when you started writing a blog and you were sort of like the only person who was writing a blog. You, you, and you and the prostitute who, who no one knew what their name was, Belle de Jour. <laughs> it was basically Belle de Jour and you and there was no one else. Yeah. And um, and I had just sort of started thinking, oh, I, I want, I'd, I'd really like to write a book. It had always been the one thing I'd always wanted to do, but had never done. And uh, it, it, two things happened. You, you said to me, why don't you start writing a blog? And my yeah. literary agent also said, start writing a blog because then you'll get into the hang <laughs> of, of writing things every day. And also you will quickly find out what it is you've got to say and, and what things you write well and what things you don't write well. So that's how it all began, uh, sort of writing that blog. And then that blog turned into uh, my first book, which is not really a book. It's it's more just an amalgam of, of, the, of the blog hastily put together, which was um, how to bring up your parents. My first proper book was uh, The Tent, The Bucket and Me, um, which became a, a very surprise bestseller. I did not expect that book to do as well as it did, but it really did great guns. And, uh, and, and that was because another publisher had, had come to me and said, oh, can we turn your blog into a book? Um, and I said, no, you can't because it's already been done. So that's how that book came about. It was just, just it was like literally the offcut of an idea because I had happened to be at my parents' house that Sunday having lunch with them, and we were just sitting around crying with laughter about how terrible our attempts to go on holiday was, and then that's how that <laughs> book came about. So then I did that, and I did another couple of non-fiction books, and then I wrote some children's comedy crime thrillers, the Wilma Tenderfoot series, 
and then I moved back in into um, adult fiction, uh, and then I've sort of come full circle of my my parental trilogy, as I like to call them, uh, yes. with with this one, Letters from Brenda. And this is it now. This is the last time I will ever be writing about uh, uh, my family. Uh, yes, so this is but it's, it. it's interesting that because I think um, although this book is, I mean, I did, I, I thought it'd be a serious book, which it it certainly is uh, in a lot of senses. There's still loads and loads of funny stuff, especially the you know the letters of your parents on holiday. But there's lots mm. of lots of fun in this. But uh, it, differently than the tent, the bucket, and me, uh, which is just about how crazy and eccentric your family is, you sort of start in this book to look into why. Uh, your mother, in particular, was so eccentric, and it's yes. and it's it's a proper psychological psychiatric examination of someone who uh, certainly had you know some mental problems. As yes, you, as you, massively as, so. So it's uh, yeah, so it's it's a kind of much more mature look at that subject. But whilst uh, and, you know, whilst still acknowledging how funny families are, and we can all I think appreciate that. Mm. Um, it's a detective. It's, it's a detective story, really. Yeah, because when when I, when when my mum died, apart from you know the, the day my mother died was really properly damaging. There were things that happened that day which I have still not been able to properly shake off. There's no doubt about that. And I think mm-hmm. when when you have that sort of level of trauma, it, it you're just left with all the, the the bad bits. You're left about the things you feel ashamed about. You're left with the you know the terrible last day and the last weeks that 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 the person you loved had to endure but you're also left with all the difficult bits about their life and you and you forget when somebody is is has a long drawn out death you forget the person that they used to be and i sort of completely forgot about that until the the, the owners of the new house found the letters up in the attic and as you will see right. from from the book those let some of those letters are you're just crying with laughter at them because yeah. they're so funny, and you just remember you it, it was that just that in and of itself was really important for me to remember what an incredible person my mother was, that she was you know vital and she was incredibly charismatic and she was sort of crazy in a good way and she was really interesting and you you would never ever ever be bored in her company. But she also had this this dark, unspoken about, undiagnosed mental illness that had been with her for all of her life and, and had affected my relationship with her in different ways at, at various stages of my life. But we had never, ever, ever addressed it during her lifetime. And so we never knew what was wrong with her. And so yeah. that was the big question was, our life was was turned upside down by her constantly and then our life was turned upside down again when she died because we had all these unanswered questions so when i found the letters that it that was the the starting point the springboard for me finally trying to set out once and for all to discover what it was my mother had suffered with for all of her life and why yeah, and and you know, you talk about in the book how you you couldn't really or address it uh, at the time because she wouldn't have gone along with any yeah. of it, and you know, it was she was so 
Dominic, I obviously met your mum, and I, I really, as I think most people, uh, just really loved her. Did you Did you fancy her a bit? I, I did. I'm slightly yeah. disappointed she didn't try and seduce yeah. me. Now yeah. I read the book. <laughs> um, what was wrong? What was I, wrong well, with me? I, I hate to tell you, I hate to tell you this, uh, Richard, but I'm afraid she fancied Stuart. <sighs> I've, I've gone right off her. I'm um, sorry. But... I'm sorry. The truth hurts, but there <laughs> yeah, it is. It. But uh, no, but it's no, but it's in it because uh, I don't know. I love that sort of the the the, the disparity or whatever it is between that that comedy and I mean it's just so fascinating and and then the the sort of root causes of it. and as she's getting older, especially which I think is very current as well. Uh, the sort of paranoia that kind of mm. came into as it came into her life as she got into it. I've, I've seen this; you see it a lot, and it explains a lot. People get into the fifties and the sixties uh, and become much more paranoid, and mm. she became paranoid about the FBI and her mm. neighbours trying to do things yeah. to her. And and it sort of seems to be the kind of you know an underlying thing amongst you know a, a decent proportion of yeah. our society. I mean, I'd, I'd 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 be interested to know whether this is something that men of this age go through as well but but it's certainly the minute she hit menopause hmm. her her health which was you know pre- precarious at the best of times her mental health um yeah. just went off the rails completely off the rails and i i uh, uh the, i think the worst incident i can remember was was when she had just been diagnosed with having cancer and i sat with her in an oncologist's office and she told the uh, the consultant, with without any sense of oh I'm joking, she said oh yes the, the CIA had given her cancer in a bookshop in Cambridge. Yeah. And 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 here's the other thing that always sort of I still can't get my head around is that my my myself and my dad were with her, and not one of us battered an eyelid, <laughs> because this was like because this was our normal. Yeah. It was like she, oh, well, okay, it's just Brenda being Brenda. But it's just like, it's not normal to tell people that you've been giving cancer by a CIA operative in a fucking job. It's not, but I think it does. I think it hits a lot of people. And I think with your mum as well, because she was a very sexual being or sex was very important to her, obviously, in her life. I think what, and I think this happens to God, I think this happens more to men, actually. Uh, I think they kind of lose their the, the power they've had all their life and the privilege they've had all their life and they hit middle age and nobody's <laughs> interested. The girls yeah. they're interested in, the women they're interested in are certainly never going to be interested in them again. And yeah. and I think that I think that loss of power and that loss of sexual power drives pe- a lot of people do lally and they and so they're channeling all that stuff into, it's, into it's, a different area. It's about self identity, isn't it? If if your identity is wrapped up in your attractiveness and the fact that you have a certain degree of power over the opposite sex or the same sex, depending on your your predilections. But um, if that is gone, then it's sort of it's sort of like soup when Superman loses his powers and 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 has to go and eat hamburgers. Um <laughs> And just wanders around looking miserable. It's it's that, isn't it? It's you lose it you lose a sense of 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 who you think you are. And you know, I think also the things that would have seemed you know, it's interesting. I think reading, knowing the other books as well, the things that would have seemed eccentric or just funny or, you know, or 
I mean, even, you know, I'd always say, poor Tony, your poor dad, Tony. I always feel so sorry for him in all the books, it's but especially, especially in this one, the stuff he has to put the put up with. He's but, an you absolute know, saint. It's, it seems funny, a domineering wife and a, you know, and a lovely husband. It seems funny. But then, of course, you know, now you, in this book, the, you know, the things he had to, had to put up with and yeah. the things that he forgave. Obviously, a mum was, uh, you I know, mean, had, had a the, couple of affairs. The, 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 one, the one that always gets me is, uh, is that certainly that is the second, the second affair she had. And my father, who is you, I mean, you've met him many times, but he is a very mild mannered Welshman, is he not? <laughs> he is very mild mannered man. You know, he 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 would stitch my name into all my PE kit when I was little. You know, th- this was the guy <laughs> who fed me every meal I'd ever had. And I, I remember, um, that uh, he he turned up at my door and he he was very teary. And I sat him down on, on the edge of my bed and he just sort of sat there and told me that he'd just walked in on my mother, uh, giving who was on her knees, giving a younger man a blowjob. And she turned round and saw him and the only words that came out of him about I me, mean, you might think like a normal person would go, oh God, you know, I've been, I've been caught in the act and, and like panic would set in. Her only words to him was, what are you doing creeping around the house? <laughs> like, he was in the wrong. And then her excuse for what she was doing was to say that she was trying to compare <laughs> the differences between male and pe- female pelvises. I mean, this is just a woman who just thinks she can get away with absolute murder. And, that, and that's how she was. But I, th- I think yeah. she, she was certainly assisted by the fact that my father was completely devoted to her. And I think if she'd been really yeah. boring, he probably would have been long gone. I, I, it's, it will never fail to astonish me, the fact that he forgave two affairs and stuck with her yeah. till the very end and really properly looked after her when you know for the best part of 10 years when she had cancer. I mean, he's, it's yeah. just incredible. He it is medal. incredible, but you know, but this this is the way love is, though, and relationships are different. And if he'd if he'd stood up to her, I don't, I think she would have probably left him, wouldn't she? So it's you know, it, it, it well, worked because of who they both were. She, though she would have starved to death if uh, <laughs> if <laughs> if she'd left him. I mean, this is the other thing we always have to remember: she couldn't drive, she didn't carry money. Uh, she didn't know how to use the washing machine. She'd never cooked a meal in, in her life. <laughs> in a, I mean, I've told this story many times about the one time that my father had to go to hospital for a week um, and she had to look after me. And I yeah. turned to her and, and, and said, oh, you know, this is your big chance with me. And she gave me a pot of cockles that we couldn't get the lid off. That was her <laughs> idea of, of giving me an evening meal. And then she'd make me phone up my friends and say, can we come to your house for, for for dinner? And that's what we did for a week was we'd go for to a different friend every night with her just cackling, thinking that she was a genius. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, but again, that personality type is interesting now that that personality type is sort of, 
semi-ruling the world. Somebody, somebody. I'm not saying your mum is as, is as bad as Boris Johnson or Donald Trump, but there's, well, there's not far. There's, there's, uh, if my mother was you know, power, can you imagine? To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It'd be terrifying. So it's, you know, so it, it it casts a different light on it. Even when you when you're reading all these, you know, all the letters about their kind of disastrous holidays they had together and everything going wrong, and but obviously, like a lot of it was just to do, to do with, with them. They were she's always blaming anyone else but herself for anything that went any yes. little incident that went wrong. But it's clearly yes. down to their own incompetence and madness and and their yes. own relationship. So it's yes, it's... Com- completely and <laughs> utterly incompetent. Yes. Yeah. I just I just love the, the running refrain throughout the letters where they're stuck in 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 car parks because they <laughs> haven't worked out still after about 20 plus years of trying to do this that the that the, 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 the card goes in the other way round. I mean, fucking <laughs> idiot. Um it's great. So it, it is very funny, but obviously it is and it starts you know, it starts in a in a in a dark place and it, we get to a dark place. Uh, and there's funniness in between. Uh, it's taken you. It's, it's sort of se- seven or so years. It's, it's seven or eight years since your mum died. Years. So, it was eight, eight yeah. years this week she died. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, it, you, did you need that time? I think you say in the book that you, yeah. you couldn't have written any earlier. You needed the distance to, because it's difficult to write. You know, I write. I've, I write, I've written about my family, and I've, and they're all still alive at the moment. Luckily, thankfully, um, but. Uh, it's you know it's still difficult to write about personal stuff, but then when someone's died, uh, and when you're when you're really going into it like you are in this book, I mean it's a very honest and open book, and and obviously you're writing about someone who's no longer with us. Uh, was did that make it more difficult, even so, or did or was it was it the catharsis of I getting th- through I it think, for yourself? I think it was uh, a bit of both. It was definitely cathartic, hundred um, percent, and. Uh, but I wanted to be fair to her because I knew that there were going to be things that were going to be really critical and there were and I was going to be writing about things that that she would literally have come round to my house with a gun and killed me if I'd ever <laughs> written about um in her lifetime but sure. i I was really careful to involve my dad in every single part of it, and also her sister Phyllis mm-hmm. um because it, it, it and and actually there wasn't any point during it where we where the three of us sort of said actually no don't put that in so we have been quite open about it but yeah. but Phyllis in particular because uh, uh, obviously I interviewed them constantly for uh, uh, for the whole thing and uh, at the end of it she said this this was like doing therapy and it was it was I think it was like therapy for the three of us but again I keep coming back to it because we hadn't known what was wrong with her it that in and of itself was a huge and massive burden and I didn't think really when I started off writing it because obviously I'm not a clinical psychologist and I'm not qualified to do so that I didn't know if I would sort of get a definitive um, diagnosis or anywhere near to it uh, and sort of the conclusion of the book, I'd sort of really sort of reached a, a semi-understanding that she'd been misunderstood during her life and the, and this and that. But it was only when we sent the book off to a clinical psychiatrist just it, it, and to just do a, a check read on it, really, 
just to make sure that I wasn't seeing any, seeing anything that was irresponsible. Uh, it was mm-hmm. mostly for that, and, and or I wasn't just plain making stuff up. And then he wrote me this incredible letter, which I I hadn't been expecting, and he makes as close to a definitive diagnosis of her as we're probably ever going to get. And so then I asked him if I could include the letter as the epilogue. Um, and he very kindly said, yes. So we do at the end get a diagnosis. And that was like, yeah. Oh my God, for me and dad and Phyllis. Yeah. I think, well, you know, as a standup, when it's, you know, obviously covering personal issues in comedy and th- and through shows, I think it is. It's an it's an incredible thing to be able to do, and being able to write a book about stuff. I think just to get stuff down. We found this with a few of the books in the book club. You know, uh, Georgia Pritchett's one really jumps to yeah, mind. Yeah, so I actually, loved that book. Yeah, but just by but just by going through the process of writing it, it's a very difficult thing to do. But yeah, I mean, in a way, you know, if people are dead, <laughs> it does it does relieve you of the burden of uh, of you know, of, of their own reaction to it, which I think... Well, some, I, I... You're I, absolutely right. You couldn't have done this when she was alive, obviously. I, 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 I keep living in slight terror that she's going to uh, reappear <laughs> and absolutely tear me off a strip. It's like, I, it's like the child in me is absolutely <laughs> terrified that the ghost of Brenda will come back and haunt me forever because I've written this book. But then the adult in yeah. me absolutely knows <laughs> that she would have been standing next to it in Waterstones waiting for someone to recognise her. Yes. Well, you know, I think, you know, she still comes out of it really well. I mean, genuinely, I, you know, I, I, I loved her anyway, but I love her in this book. Uh, and, and you, you know, she was forgiven by the people that mattered for what she, what she did. But also it's, there's, I don't know, there's something about her that is so powerfully mm. likeable. That's a wild horse. That's what she was. It was a wild horse. And, you know, if you're standing in the middle of a field and and a horse comes from nowhere and it doesn't belong to anyone and it comes (laughs) over to you, you think, my God, this is the most magic thing that's ever happened in my life. And crumbs, it wants to spend time with me. What? It feels amazing. (laughs) That would be something you would never forget for the rest of your life. But then, of course, a wild horse can turn and can can crush your your brains in. Um, <laughs> that's sort of what it was like being around Brenda. <laughs> yeah, and it was much harder for you, for the, the the immediate family because she was so charming. And you know, and yeah, absolutely, having a book with herself on the front cover looking beautiful. She she's you know she's not <laughs> she's not going to be upset about. Yeah. It. You claim in the book that uh, um, you've you've uh, had contact with her via a medium yes. and via oh my god via that bird. was so weird that was so <laughs> weird so yeah I'll I'll tell the story so my aunt Phyllis came to see me and she said I went to see this medium and Brenda came through and I and I don't believe in any of this stuff and I and I just thought hmm. With, with my sort of storytelling uh, hat on, I thought, well, I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and see the same medium, but I'm going to go under a different name. And obviously I'll be wearing a mask. So there's there's absolutely no chance whatsoever that this person is going to know who I am. And I, and I went and uh, Brenda was the first person that came through. 
and she and and again you still was thinking oh yeah of course she's going to say oh your mum's come through and of course she's going to say because that's what they start that's what they always start off with isn't it and then if you go oh my mum's alive they'll suddenly go oh no sorry it's your dad and then you know blah 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 this is how (laughs) we've we've all seen Darren Brown we know how this works but 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 she started with a with a thing that literally sort of made me sort of the chills went right through me because Leading up to um, uh, this writing this book, I was in the process of getting my Irish passport because my grandmother was Irish, obviously, and Brexit, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that, uh, the, the search to get my passport was severely hampered because my great-grandmother had put my great-grandfather's name the wrong way round on uh, my grandmother's birth certificate and this caused all manner of trouble like I had to get affidavits sworn it was it was a really complicated process and added about 500 quid onto the process added about another year onto the process it was an absolute nightmare anyway first thing that this medium says was oh the names are wrong on the birth certificate <laughs> and I hadn't told anybody <laughs> literally nobody knew about this so it's yeah. like if if that's the first thing out of her mouth, you go, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, Brenda spent a good half an hour uh, complaining about my then dad's new girlfriend in quite specific <laughs> detail. This I did not put in the book because they were still going out when I yeah. wrote it. <laughs> but if I just say that there there was one. There was one very specific thing my my mother wanted me to warn my dad about, and that did come true. Right. Wow. Okay. I won't, well, quite I won't spooky. say what, but it was okay. it was quite. So anyway, yes, I'm I'm quite tempted to go back to the medium to see what Brenda's got to say now the book's out. I might I might <laughs> do should... that and report back. There might be another book in it. There might be a, there might be. A... I'll follow or an extra chapter for the paperback anyway that would yeah. be uh, that, would, that would be good um well look it's it is it's it's really excellent i think people will enjoy it it's also a, a quite a nice autobiography of you as well and your own journey to becoming a an author and the and the twists and turns you've taken on on the route to get there which as you say does involve very heavily yes, involves me it does um and it's, I think this, that's the story. Maybe we talked about this on the podcast before, but it doesn't matter if we did. But it is kind of weird that how connected our lives I know. have been. I mean, but, really, but also, we should be married. Much, we should. Well, we nearly, we nearly, we I thought mean, about it. Didn't we, we, just, we, well, we, we did have a, we did have a, 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 a pact, <laughs> didn't we? That if we got to forty, and we weren't married yet, we were going to get married. But obviously. Yeah. That's you that's know. the only reason I got married was to to, to make sure I didn't have to no, marry you. No, but it you. is no. really weird. It is really it is. weird, and I can and I can honestly say that the things I have enjoyed most in my life, every single one of them has in, has has been because of you. No, and I mean that. I really like. mean that. I the, the, the all the, the the stuff I have ever did, sort of when I was doing acting and stuff. The only things I really ever properly properly enjoyed was when i did stuff with you nobody makes me laugh the way you make me laugh no one no one <laughs> well we'd we'd you know 
we're very similar. We are very similar, you know, and I think there is there is something on there. But it's sort of weird that we we both think, don't we? I mean, are we sure that we kind of because you we both went to for our Oxford interviews yes. around about the same time, and we're no, pretty sure we you, met each you, other. You were the first person I clapped eyes on. I remember it very distinctly. It was you. You were standing in uh in in the oh what's it called in in the lodge Porter's lodge yeah, yeah. At, at at St Catherine's as I walked in and you were standing there looking sick. Um, <laughs> and so was because I. it's weird. It's it's weird. We were both at that time. You were applying to do history. Yeah. You, uh, and and I was taking the you know there's so many things that would have thrown thrown this off as well. But we both. Apply. We both got the same offer as well. We would have. You'd actually have been in the year above me had you not got glandular fever and yeah. then messed you know, your exam suffered as a result. Um, so we met each other then, and then when we did go to university, you, you ended up. I'd had a year off, so we were in the same year, and you were at Teddy Hall, and your your right your tutorial partner was Stuart Lee. Yeah. It's like who, it's and then we all started working together. Yeah. So it's it sort of feels like we would have. It was destiny. <laughs> we would have it was destiny. It was destiny. Yeah. <laughs> but all those things that push that, you know, and you and you and you getting you getting ill to make that happen, and you know, there's there's it's it it's it's a it's really interesting anyway about even if you're not me and I'm involved in it about you know the decisions you made and the way that you know it it see it feels though obviously this is the benefit of hindsight that you were sort of pushed because you you decided not to go to university you were happy working where you were working once mm-hmm. you once you failed to get into university yeah. and your sort of chance meeting with your English teacher put you back on track to go to university yeah um and but you know and then you made loads of stupid choices in your, <laughs> in your career anyway choices. um yeah uh, but it's all it's all part of isn't it it's all leading up to so to try becoming a uh solicitor and um whilst everyone else went everyone else came to london and mm. tried to make it in in mm. show business didn't, in didn't some degree and you decided to, to be sensible didn't even occur to me that 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 was something <laughs> i was even allowed to do that's that's right. what's so weird about it, and I, I wonder if that's because like nobody in my family had ever had a, a creative career, but then no one in your family had had a creative no, career. No, you know, I mean, I, I, I think the yeah. one the one thing I have always lacked is it's it's not ambition because I, I I I like to do well, I like to work hard and and do well, but I never had a forward plan which I think a lot of, 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 of my contemporaries did have a forward plan. They, sort of, they, they knew where they were going, whereas I don't mm. think I ever did know where I was going. I, I, have, I feel like I have slightly bumbled through life, um, just sort of going, oh, yes, that'll be good. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll enjoy that. Um, but well, but it... It, I suppose there was a point where, when, when I gave up being a lawyer, I definitely said to myself, you are not going to do a single other day of your life in which you don't enjoy doing it. And you're not going to take any job you know you're not going to enjoy. And I've sort of stuck to that. Yeah. I mean, it's often when you have, when you do something wrong and you knew it was wrong <laughs> straight away, but yeah. you still had to see Five it all minutes. through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is, it is, but, you know, luckily when you're young, you can spend three or four years doing something and it sort of doesn't matter, weirdly. Mm. But, uh, but um, yeah, you know, you you go through something and then it does push you on to the next thing. But, you know, the book reads like, you know, you you, you end up, you know, tutorial partner with Stuart Lee, which is a stroke of luck. You end up bumping into 
Sue Perkins when you're when you're lost in Edinburgh and that yes. and the, the end up. So you know, yes. you, you, if it, obviously there's lots of people, there's lots of things that you know other paths that we don't hear about or the other paths that could have been taken. But those bits of those bits of luck, it just feels like it really feels like you're being pushed, <laughs> nudged in a direction. It's like that. I, I love that the, those things where you have random encounters with people who are going to be really significant to you in your life, and th- th- this this has happened with every single significant friendship or relationship that I've ever had. Like, like my my best friend at university was this brilliant uh, uh, woman called uh, Bernadette, who you will know very, who you will be aware of. And, I am very aware of. Um, and. It turned out that I had met her before at a Milton at a Simple Minds concert in Milton <laughs> Keynes, where I'd been trying to get to the front, and this was before I'd even gone to university. I was still at, at, at school, and there was this small group of very posh girls sitting in a circle, and I stopped and chatted to this one girl for quite a while, and it and it that was Bernadette. <laughs> How much? So there was that. So there was that. Then there's you. Um, uh, that the whole you know, Richard Herring is clearly supposed to be somebody in my life. Then there was Sue Perkins, and then um, I went to see uh, Alison Moyer doing a little gig uh, at Ronnie Scott's, and this woman came up at the end uh, and said, "Hello, Alison. Would like to see you backstage." Anyway, that person turned out to be the person I married. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it is, and that's how, in hindsight, everything sort of works like that. But it does seem with you, it does, it feels this, and even, you know, even going through, you, you, I'd forgotten how much work you'd got so quickly, you know, you listing yeah. all these TV shows in the by the late 90s. Yeah, you, late, you were sort late, of doing so many jobs. Yeah, late, late, late 90s through to about 2000 and, and, and seven really i was just, I just yeah. non, non-stop working non-stop yeah. and then i i i sort of really i packed it all in really to in order to write books instead yeah and now and so I mean, was... I'd, I'd never say i wouldn't say no to doing acting because in certain circumstances i always i really really enjoy it but i would only now do it if if it was for someone i really like I mean, I'd do anything for you, obviously. That goes without you. saying. You're the only person that I would probably <laughs> say yes to, even if you were asking me to dangle naked from a string. Please don't, uh, please don't ask me to dangle naked from a string. Um, but it's it's like you know, probably you and 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 Perks are, are probably the only two people who like, I've, I've I've just been doing a a, a job with with two. Um, yeah. But you two are are the only people who I would automatically say yes to without even thinking. It's not, but it's not, it's nice that you see yourself as a writer now, you know, and it's nice that even that journey, the journey from all of that TV, you know, work and success to, to realizing that the, what you really, really wanted to do was to write. And it's, you know, and it took a little while to get there, didn't it? You were, yeah. you were doing bits and bobs, but, but I, d- uh, I, d- didn't, I didn't really do any writing at yeah. all at, at university, certainly when we were doing stuff. No. I didn't, I I'm not a sketch writer. I think I think that's the thing. I think sketch writing is a real craft, and that's that's not my thing. I can mm. I can write dialogue, and I can write scripts, but but sketches is 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 not where I'm at. That's that's not where what I'm good at. 
no. Um, and it's in the in the long term, that's not a very <laughs> useful skill anyway, because it's a good place. It's a good starting place to you know to get going and and in writing scripts, I think. But but yeah, I think as you get older, you kind of want to do something with yeah. a bit more. And I'm not a stand up. I'm not a stand up, and never no. have been. I can I can I I can do comedy acting, especially if it's if it's uh, women pretending to be Welsh men. Um, <laughs> Or, or any character that wears ridiculous hats. I can do those till the cows come home. Um, but it, 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 so it, always, it always baffles me when, I, when I'm introduced as a comedian, which I'm, I'm not, I've, I've never was. Um, I did some... I yeah, did... but you're, 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 you're funny. It's, 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 funny. It's, 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 yeah, you I'm can't funny. Just, you can't just say you're funny. <laughs> you're funny. Yeah, I'm just funny. <laughs> you're very funny. Um but yeah, so you get a lot of you in there. You get a lot, you know. I think it's 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 a very mature book, and it's a it's a very enjoyable book. I listened to the audio book, which is also very impressive for who you have playing your oh, mother I and know. your father. I think in it. it's so uh, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, if, yeah, if, so if Juliet, my, if my Juliet Stevenson, Lincoln Stevenson, and uh, and what was even more exciting was that Juliet Stevenson kept texting me while she was doing it in order, in order to ask my my for advice on various right. bits and bobs. But my goodness me, can you imagine what Brenda would have thought uh, if she knew that Juliet Stevenson was going to be being her in an audio? But which, which is quite funny because she did know that Catherine Parkinson was going to be her in the Kennedy. Right, yeah, and she just pulled a face. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't really know who she was. And then, <laughs> I don't think she sort of thought, "Oh no, I'm Judy Dent, surely," <laughs> or an Oscar winner. <laughs> but Juliet well, Stevenson, Juliet. she loved Juliet Stevenson. She definitely knew yeah. who Juliet Stevenson was. And she's brilliant. No, she gets. She's very. She she gets it all. I mean, I suppose you'd expect a fantastic actor like her to do so, but she completely gets it right. And the and the and the the attitude is yeah. is bang on. Yeah, it's um, good. So it's, it's good. The audio book. I'm really pleased with how it's turned out because normally with audio books you have to read it all yourself. But I think it was yeah. really important that that we had someone else doing the letters. Uh, yeah, no, it's so absolutely correct. And I think like some people might not have thought of that. And some people, oh, I'll do that. You know, that's fine. But yeah, absolutely. It, I, I think an audio book that uh, that makes an effort. I mean, Adam Buxton is a very hard one to beat. I think in terms of just making an effort to make it presented as a yeah. as more of a an experience than just a read of the book. But this yeah. this this is this really does have that as well. And I, I, also, I wasn't sure to begin with you. Go, go on. on. No, you you go. I was going to say I wasn't sure to begin with about because you. When you're doing your footnotes, you kind of come in as if you're speaking in the box. And it, to begin with, I thought, I'm not sure about that. But then I actually really liked it. So you press a button and go, oh, that, I just want to say that this is... Yeah. And it actually really, yes. it really works as a piece of theatre. Yes. For a second, I went, oh, it yes. took me out of it for a second. And, and then, but then once I, once I got into it, yeah. I really liked that. So I, I, it's, I, it's I, very well produced. I, I think that was the, one of the main reasons why it was important to have a different voice to do the letters was because of the footnotes. Because we, yeah. we we had a really long chat about it, and there was a dis there was a point where we were thinking, well, do we put the footnotes into the audio book or not? And then we decided, no, yeah, if we, no if you, we, need, if them, we you need, you them. need them, you need them, you definitely need them. 
Um, so that's how we know, did it's that. It's perfect. It's perfect. So it, feel, it feels like having, yeah, it feels like having a badinage with them. But uh, so I did very much. I always, I, I, I try to do audio books now if I can, just so I can, you know, I find I can get through. I have to get through a lot of books now because I'm doing this. But I find I can get through books really quickly with the with the audio books because you can. I mean, just do, you, can I just anyway. say honestly, you are the hardest working person I have ever known <laughs> in my life. What have you got now? You you've got your your, your uh, the, the, the Leicester Square podcast. You, yeah. You're, you're doing the the nervous breakdown on screen of Leon. What is it? Um, Twitch of fun. I'm obsessed with, by the way. I'm absolutely <laughs> obsessed with Twitch of fun. I think it is Good. absolute genius. You got this, you, you've got this now. You've got the snooker. You've got the stone gathering. Is there anything yeah. else I've missed out here? Well, I've, I've written a book. Yeah, you've you know, written I've books. Written, I've written a sitcom coming up. I do work, you know, but it's but like you like you have realised, and like the book makes clear, if you're doing something that you enjoy doing. It, no, I mean writing a book is the hardest thing. I think though, I quite enjoyed this the last one I did, but you know, you, I, this is all fun, and this is this is easy. And like doing this, which is listening to a book and then talking to an author, is sort of yeah. You know, and usually it's a, usually it's a, an honour. And this this week it's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> usually it's exciting to, to talk to an author about the book, but you know, a book you like. So it's um, it's you know, th- th- this is a fun thing to do. I'm sort of on holiday at the moment, really, though I'm still producing. Is yeah, your like, is your house of... still haunted? By the way, no, not as much. Um, my, my my kids are feel like they're slightly psychic. I tell this story in next week's book club podcast, but I'll tell you it again because we recorded next week's already. Uh, the other day, my um, my son was. We went to Pizza Express, and my son's usually very friendly with people like strangers and, and says oh hello, and you know wants to and, and joins in and tries to get in the conversations. We're having our pizza. And then uh, this couple came in, and the woman was heavily pregnant, and the, and she was with a man, and they just sat down right next to us. And my son just turned and said, "Why aren't you married?" And uh, my wife, <laughs> like, no, and he's never behaved like that before. My wife noticed the woman didn't have a wedding ring or anything, which my son definitely would not have noticed, and it felt like he'd been possessed by, you know, the spirit of some furious Victorian. <laughs> Well, he, I, I wonder. Good. I wonder if he would been possessed by the spirit of the fetus, who is furious <laughs> that they're going to be born a bastard. Maybe. I mean, it's possible that, that. They, that. It could be maybe like it could, just as the. It could be like that. That that show that you're obsessed with when they jump into someone else's body. What is quantum it? Leap. Yes, it quantum leap. Yes, quantum leap. Maybe the yeah. fetus quantum leapt into yeah. uh, into Ernie. Yeah, well, he steals. He sees ghosts. You know, he t- he talks about people being in his. There's a door in his room that used to lead into our bedroom that's blocked up. But he's obsessed with that door mm. and and the possibility of people coming mm. through it and stuff. So, yeah, um, that, that means think, there know, are that, ghosts. Have you had Lou Conran round yet to your actual house to she, sort of walk about? She hasn't. She hasn't. She hasn't come over, but she's been on. She's seen the house via this camera, mm. uh, and uh, and I told her some of those stories for the rehearsal. But yeah. So uh, yeah, well, look, this isn't about this show. Is not about me. Unlike this fantastic book, Letters from Brenda. If you want to find out more about me, uh, a, there isn't much about me in there, but it's uh, it's it's worth it for completists. Um, it's have you, what have you got? Other are you, are you planning on? Uh, have you got your next book 
on the way? Is I, it, is I've, I've, in just, I've just finished writing the prologue to it and I'm uh, sort of about halfway through the first chapter of what I hope will be my next book. I, I, right. I, I don't know about you when you're starting, but, but I, I, I have got lots of first chapters that will then go nowhere else. But I think you, you have to write a first chapter in order to work out whether it, it, they are characters that you want to be around for three to six months um, yeah. and whether or not it's got legs. But I'm quite in, I, I think this this one might go. So I'm doing right. that. And, and do, um, you write, do, you, do you write them on spec or do you have, as, as your publisher saying, we'll take your next book whenever it is ever. We, or, we, or, no, we, we'll, have a, we'll have a conversation um about a book but but i don't mean i don't know about you you might be be luckier than me but but every publisher i've ever had always wants to see 5000 words before they commit right every single time um i've, I've never had to do that oh you bastard <laughs> I don't think I could bastard. do it. I, I said, I've never written a novel though, but I could. Um, I don't think I could write. I don't think I could write a novel unless I knew it was going to be published because it's too much. Mm. I've tried it, and I think it's you Actually, know it's too much. Yes, now I'm thinking about this. I've never had to do this with a non-fiction book, so maybe it is just fiction books, um, right? Where the publisher always requires it, but. Um, with fit with fiction, I don't know whether this is true of non-fiction or not, but I know with fiction, it sort of it, it's not just the editor that you're talking to who makes the decision. It's like a whole panel of people. So hence, hence they need some material. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, no, I, I never get an easy ride. <laughs> but you keep, you know, I don't think four, I, fourteen I, books. Is yeah, I know it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, but I still have to. It's still like. It's the first one, always. And it's, but it's weird having you, you know, especially with you having a. I've never been on anything like a bestsellers list. I've never been. I've never got. You know, my books have never. Uh, re- I don't know what they they sell okay enough to do another one, but not enough to make any kind of impact. So for you to have had those books that have been that successful, and for it still to be difficult. I mean, yeah. it is a difficult thing, and it, you know, it is a privilege to write a book, and it's a privilege to get a book published. Obviously, but it's. But you would think after, after is- twenty years. I know, but the, the 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 thing is, is that I I'm I'm in that difficult zone. Pe- people who do really really well are either debut authors, or there's that top tier of writers who everyone buys buys all their books and and they could yeah. literally do a shit on a page and it would sell <laughs> a million copies. You know that yeah. so there's that. And then in between, there's all the mid-ranking authors, and that's what I am. I'm a mid-ranking author, and some of my books will do all right, and some will, will underperform, and, and some will do very well. But there's there's no sort of gold standard guarantee on anything that I that that goes out. And also the the other thing that that, that I mean, if anyone's listening to this and they want to be an author, it. The average author only book only sells a thousand copies. I remember there was there was one book one year that won the Booker, and it had only sold uh, nine hundred copies. So you know, <laughs> so there, there's that <laughs> element of it. Um, and you could write a brilliant book, and it, it might do nothing, and then you'll see yeah. a book that is rubbish, and it goes absolutely ballistic. There is no rhyme nor reason to which books sell off the shelves really it's a combination of cover marketing 
and and whether the right reviewers have reviewed it. That's what it yeah. boils down to. Well, it is a very it's a very very difficult thing, you know, because again, especially now, there's so much, oh, so many books come out, so many. So like, it's the same as when we did TV in the 1990s. There weren't that many comedy shows coming out, so if something happened, it was a bit of a big deal. Mm. But it's it, it used to be the it used to be the case with books as well, I'm sure. But now now it's you know my book's coming out in October, and there'll be what 500 books. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how many books it is, but it's it's an insanely competitive yeah, thing. Do you read? Do you read a lot of other people's stuff? Are you reading anything at the moment that you would like to recommend? Oh, now then, yes. What was the last thing I read, and I thought it was really good. Um, I wonder if I've got it here. It. Well, I'm currently reading. Um, uh, One day I may astonish the world, which is Nina Stibb's new book. I really like Nina okay. Stibb and think she's fantastic. Um, uh, but the last, the book before that that I thought was exceptional. Uh, was the Katie Wicks memoir. Have you read oh, it? Oh, yes, yeah. I haven't read it yet. No, no, everyone's been saying oh, that. I think my wife's read it. It's great. I, I, it, it's really great. I loved it and I thoroughly recommend it. And George's yeah, yes, book. Well. I love that as well. Yeah, it's really but good I, fun, George's book, and, but as well as being yeah, heartbreakingly I, sad. I've been, well. I've been rereading Graham Greene because I, I loved okay. him when I was a child. Um, and you, uh, I'd forgotten what a brilliant, brilliant writer he is. And and if you've ever, if you haven't read any Graham Greene, read uh, The End of the Affair, which I think is one of the most perfectly written books I've ever read. Uh, I haven't read any Graham Greene for a long time. Yeah, it, I did. I did used really to good. read him. It stands up. Then it still stands up. Oh, even it's in incredible. It's incredible. I, te I, te I tell you what in. hasn't stood up. Yeah. Uh, me and the wife, we we watched Top Gun last right. night in, in preparation for Top Gun Maverick and yeah. thinking, you know, fond memories of it as being this sensational film. It's a pile of absolute dog shit. <laughs> I've never actually seen Top Gun. That's, it's just, rubbish. <laughs> well, the new ones, everyone's very excited about the new one. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, look, it's really great to, to always great to talk to you. Uh, I haven't seen you as much as we usual for no, a little while. So, and I, I love I you so COVID. much. I love I you so much, Harry. But um, but everyone should buy Letters from Brenda. It is Emma's best book so far. It is. Bear in mind, bear in mind all her other books have been shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a no. It's a, it, they've all been good, and this uh. is even. <laughs> It's fun. To, I haven't done that with any of the other authors. Catherine <laughs> Rundell. Bear in mind, her other books have been shit. And one of that done's pretty good. Um, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's a fabulous book. Uh, but listen to the audio book. I always say listen to the audio book, but it's a really good audio book as well. Uh, and it and the, the letter writing format of it really yeah, suits that as well. Um, thank you very much, Emma, for being on the show. Thank you to Chris Evans, not that one, for producing it. Yeah, thanks, very Chris well. Evans. <laughs> See you again. Bye. Bye.